Well, 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 uh, back to be live here on the Gandina Mekis podcast, our first broadcast of 2019. Glad to have you with us as always. My name is John Jagut. I'm not driving a car, which is nice. I have you. I can give you about 80, about 84% more of my attention than I was when I was uh, driving, but uh, glad to have you with us here, our 2019 edition of the Gandina Mekis podcast, our our, let's see, I want to do some counting here. So going into our fifth year, believe it or not, of, uh, of podcasting. I don't know what that says about us, but I know what it says about y'all. And what it says about y'all is you guys enjoy quality Mexican soccer commentary, talk, opinion, prediction. That's matter. We have it all for you here in the Cantina Makes Podcast, and we will continue to do so in this year of our Lord. 2019, big year for Mexico. A lot of uh, there's a lot of uh, things that are kind of on the precipice, which we will discuss a little later. But uh, before we do that, we have to introduce our esteemed panel. Well, right now we just have one of them, but uh, we'll hopefully have other folks join us tonight. Joel Aceves joins us from California. Joel, happy New Year, sir. Merry Christmas, happy holidays, and season. Igual, igualmente, John. Uh, Ready to start a new year of cantina shenanigans. Looking forward to it, Joel. It's uh, it's been a while since I've been on the show. I, I got the weather by, you know, just it just so happened, Joel, that my schedule did not allow for me to appear on the Cantina Mex podcast while Club America not only defeated but crushed Pumas, but then went on to <laughs> beat the in the. Uh, in the final, so my, my schedule just would not allow me to participate in the Cantina Makes podcast. But uh, and of course we had the holiday too. So, but we are glad to be back. Boy, twenty nineteen is going to be a, a very, in my opinion, is going to be a year that's going to set the course of Mexican soccer in a direction for the next decade. Whether it uh, and I guess depending on decisions that are made, what direction it, is it going to go? And I think that that is a topic that we can certainly uh, discuss tonight. And of course, we'll also be talking about uh, more uh, current topics, of course. Uh, the, yeah, the Clausura 2019 season gets going. Will, will America be the next team to win a doblete? We're going to talk uh, Christian Pulisic tonight in his uh, transfer over to Chelsea, which has sent uh, shockwaves amongst, well, at least the, the Mexico fans, uh, particularly here in the U.S., so we'll talk about that, and also Mexico as well. And, uh, you know, whatever else comes up here on the Cantina Mekis podcast, so we're happy that you guys are joining us live on the YouTube, and uh, please feel free to uh, chat. We'll hopefully be able to play along. And, of course, for those of you that uh, subscribe to this podcast on iTunes, I'm sure you're very happy this morning to see that the uh, – podcast was available for you to listen to on your drive time commute or your train commute or if you just enjoy so much that you just want to listen to us uh, there at the office so we, however it is that you guys listen to us we certainly appreciate uh, your continued patronage Joel Aceves Club America wins the Apertura 2018 they're poised with a very strong team to continue to do uh, a lot of damage in Liga MX. Uh, the, the damage, frankly, they've done to their rivals, where in the last, what is it, four or five years, 
they just they don't lose to Chivas or to Cruz Azul or to or to uh, Pumas. And uh, <clears throat> you know, for, for for fans that are not America fans, like 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 you and me, these are going to be some. This this could could be the start of some pretty dark years for us, Joel. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it can, Yon. Yeah, it can. Um, they have definitely established their paternity. I'll give them that much. Their 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 hegemony over the league. You know, for all of the, uh, you know, and and I'll and I'll be the first to admit that I was that I was dead wrong for all of the, uh, you know, payasadas uh, that we said about uh, and the nicknames. We call them Jimmy Bath Salts. You call them Santiago Bathrooms. <laughs> but, but, but Santiago Baños and, and Miguel Herrera have, have, have done pretty well. They've, you know, they haven't hit on all the players that they, that they went and brought in, but, you know, they've, they've, they've hit on enough. And, and, and to me, the biggest difference between the way America has done and, and Chivas and Cruz Azul, uh, not necessarily as much Pumas, because I think Pumas is kind of on the same track, is, yes, they do out and get, Players, whether they're foreign, you know, occasionally a Mexican, but their youth, their youth players, have been able to fill in the cracks, and they've they've played very well, and that I think is a is is a sign of a well-run organization, and uh, you know, Club America, you know, there's no drama, you know, they, we have Miguel Herrera as the coach, and there's no drama, which which goes to show you how much he's matured, you know, there's you know, you don't hear about the players going out and doing the then it doesn't matter at night at the discos and this and that. So it's, I mean, it's, and, 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 and frankly, uh, Joel, in my opinion, they are doing exactly what they need to do with Diego Lainez. So they don't precipitate a, a transfer when it doesn't have to happen, when, you, when you're not ready to accept the economic aspects of a deal, because frankly, in my opinion, he's worth a lot more. So it's, uh, you know, for, like I said, for, for, for folks that uh, that aren't American, of course, for America fans, they're like, well, this is how it normally is. I don't know why you guys are, why you guys should expect anything different. And uh, you know, that's uh, that's just not the. Uh, that's just uh, you know, unfortunately for uh, for fans of Pumas or for fans of Pumas uh, or fans of Cruz Azul, and, uh, you know, Monterrey. That there has definitely been a. Uh, a change, and uh, it's uh, it's got. Uh, Hoyt, I just feel dirty. I just feel dirty saying it, Hoyt. I'll let you. I'll let you say it. That, that way, that way, you, it'll be on your conscience and not mine. But it's. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I, just, I, I can't do it. I can't say it. You can't say it, John. No. It, is that which cannot be mentioned? That's right. It, it, it's not, it's, <laughs> What is uh, what is going to happen with uh, with Club America Liga MX? So we just we'll just we'll just say that you know we you know as, as someone who follows soccer, especially Mexican soccer, to see a team that that has stability and the where with not just stability, but but you know a, a vision and a direction and. You know, obviously, the financial support in, in order for that. But, I mean, it's not like they're breaking the bank. I mean, they're doing very well, and, and they're positioned to have a very nice, deep run. 
for the next two or three years, maybe even longer in the MX and uh, yeah, for for for, for, for non-America fans, it's uh, they're going to be tough to beat, and I think that that's uh, that that that's the message that we're trying to convey here. So maybe we can uh, bring on a, a, an Americanista and and then listen to them tell us about the grandeza and all the pendejadas that they say about. Well, you know, what did you expect? You know, this is who we are. We're, you know, we're the best team. We're the best, you know, blah, 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 blah. We get it. But uh, the sad thing is that in this case, uh, at least for now, they are, they are correct. All right, all right, we're done. Yeah, we're not talking about it. We're done talking about Blue America and we can move on to other topics. <laughs> no más. No. We can now move on to, uh, to more, to more pressing, more pressing issues for it. Yeah. Well, I mean, just to cap it off, I think if you're a fan, you know, if you're an Aguilucho, I think, you know, you, it's, it's been a good couple of years for them. And they did recover. I, I thought it was going to be a bit more difficult once Pelayas left, but, but I would say Piojo has shown he's coming to his own, man. Piojo doesn't get enough credit. You know, I, I, I still, Still seeing how how a lot of um, Americanistas did not even want him, or were getting ready to give him the boot. Crazy, crazy. <laughs> yeah, and I mean, if you see his numbers, man, you 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 really won't find anything better in in Liga MX, and anything coming from abroad is a crapshoot. You know, so, I have to admit, I I, I really do respect um, the way that uh, Miguel Herrera has has bounced back from, you know, what it was that he did. I mean, he, he admittedly uh, was uncer- unceremoniously booted from his, from his dream job. Yeah. And, uh, you know, was able to, uh, you know, there were a lot of places where that could have uh, been the end of it. And he, he would, would, never, would never work again. He'd probably be a TV pundit. But as it turned out, you know, he, he, he gets the gig back in Tijuana. And, and and I'll be honest. I think that uh, that Miguel Herrera is a is is someone who I guess one of the consentidos of uh, of Televisa. So I don't necessarily think that uh, it was going to be all over for him. But you know, they gave him another opportunity. But the most important thing about it is, is that he ran with it and has done extremely well with it. <clears throat> and he should be commended he, for that. And there's one thing that he doesn't get much credit for. Uh, and and that's the fact that he outcoached pretty much everyone in Liga MX. And we're talking about coaches that you you know uh, someone like Caixinha, for example, who was getting praised when he won with Santos. And all this talk about how because he's a foreign coach and he brings new ideas, and how Mexican coaches have stagnated or they have nothing to offer. And then you, then you see what Piojo has been doing, and crickets, you know. No, you're exactly right. I mean, he is, uh, you know, clearly, and and has been for, you know, at least at least since he he got back into the coaching, has been the the most impressive uh, coach in uh, in in Liga Mexican coach in Liga Mexican. I mean, we can't forget that even in Tijuana, Joel. Yeah, you know he was. I mean, Tijuana. You know, had they not had a liguilla, just had you know straight up 
you know, calendar and table full season, you know, he, he would have won the championship with Tijuana. I mean, he had, he got the most points in, in the 34 games of the, the, the year he was there before he went back to, uh, to Club America. So yeah, he, yeah. he has been, a you know, and coach. yeah, yeah. Seeing that, that's like, that's very impressive. Um, and it's funny because we'll give more credit to someone for Almeida for winning, for winning Copa MX in the Super Cup. Because I remember even at that point, a lot of my Chi hermanos were, were, were seeing how much more successful, you know, Almeida was. And, and here he is struggling to qualify to the league, you know, making up all these excuses while the fans are, are making all these excuses. But, but I mean, look at what Piojo even did with, with, with Cholos. I mean, that deserves a lot of credit, and and uh, I, I could see him taking over the national team at some point on the line. Yeah, I think that if uh, you know we talked about him on shows in the past, it's uh, he's excuse me, he's definitely the uh, the in my opinion the, the the first one off the bench if if things don't go uh, if things don't go well for. For Tata. Tata Martino, which, you know, and, and this is a, a Gold Cup year. And with what's staring Mexico in the face right now is uh, playing a, a, a Gold Cup where, and I'm, I'm not so sure that they're going to be able to have the Confederations Cup in 2021, but, for, you know, it's a, it's a, a something to play for, you know, if it's there. And uh, the, the competition has been frankly a little stiffer. In, in the region at the same time that Mexico is going to have to go through a generational change and you know coaches get fired when there's generational changes because the team's results aren't as uh, as consistent as one would expect when they ha- have a team that's been playing together for you know, in this case in Mexico for the past eight, eight years it's been, you know, essentially the same players. Well, that's not going to happen moving forward. So that that's going to be a big challenge for, for Tata Martino, which is why I fully expect Joel for Tata Martino to bring in the old guard for the Gold Cup. And then after that, start doing the generational change and then slowly uh, wean those players off the, uh, off the national team. Kind of, kind of a one by one. But uh, it, it would not shock me at all to see uh, all the uh, late twenties and thirty somethings playing in the uh, in the twenty nineteen Gold Cup at all. In fact, I think I think it's 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 almost a certainty that that's going to happen. Yeah, and, and Martinos he's expected to be announced next week. Uh, I believe they were talking about the seventh. Might be his presentation on the seventh. The day after the Reyes Magos. Yeah. So it's going to happen on the 7th, which will be uh, on Monday, if I'm not mistaken, next week. So, uh, and then, and then usually Mexico plays a friendly at the end of the, at the end of January. I'm not so sure if that's going to happen or not, but it wouldn't surprise me if it did. Especially. And he will, he will, he will get to play against JCO. And, and if I'm not mistaken, I think it's going to be at the 
at the sight of the Boda Roja. Santa Clara. <laughs> uh, You're exactly right. I think he's going to be against Chile. Memories. So right off the bat, he's going to be able to, uh, you know, wash all the uh, all, all the bad blood off in uh in in, in, in one pitch of FIFA in March. That would be his debut. It would be his debut with the, with the Mexican national team. The uh, the, the March matches FIFA's that are coming up. So so Tata Martinez coming in for You know he's faced with with uh, a generation of players that are that you know that, that have been playing in Europe for the better part of their career. Right? Of the ones that are you know you know the Chicharitos and the and the Coronas and the, and the Chukis and the 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 Guardados and, and, and so on and so forth. And then he has the younger generation of players who all play in Liga Mekis. I mean, there's just there, you know, outside of Chucky, there's just you know no one under 25 that is playing in uh, that is playing in, in in Europe right now. And I don't necessarily think that that's a bad thing. I I do think that if uh, if Mexican players do play in Europe, they need to go somewhere that is better than Liga MX. And there's a lot of leagues in Europe that are not better than Liga MX. And uh, you know, I guess the good thing for Tata is that is is that his the base of his World Cup team is, is are going to be players that he can that he doesn't have to worry about have flying them in. 16, 17 hours for World Cup qualifiers because they're going to be right there in Mexico. And I think that's going to be a huge advantage for him uh, once World Cup qualifying starts in 2020. Yeah, for going into the Gold Cup, though, I say right now he's he's inheriting a pretty good team as of right now, you know, with some players that are in in a good going through a good moment. Let's see if they're able to hold that until the summer, you know? Sure. Because, uh, yeah, let's see if they could maintain that form. Jimenez has been has been doing really well in the EPL, extraordinarily well. Um, and, and Chicharo had a resurgence, and there's talk of him going to Valencia. Who knows? At this point, would he want to move? Seems a bit too much, you know, especially right. if he's found his form and he's with a coach or that has a style that suits him. Um, I just don't know. Uh, yeah, I don't see. I don't see. I don't see Chicharo. I think the only way that Chicharo would move is if, is if he moved to a team that was in the in the last sixteen of the Champions League. That would be the only reason for him to move somewhere. Yeah. So I mean, there's a there's a there's a group players um doing good and uh. Obviously, obviously, Chucky has been has been performing well. So I mean that 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 counts a lot, you know, in in what how the players are are doing at the moment. It does, and you know, it's not. And you know, we have to add uh, Jesus Corona to that. Uh, Hector Herrera has done well. Memo Cho has done well. So I mean, right, you know, right there, we've we've talked about seven guys. Yeah, that, that are, that are going to play. So I mean, that you know, the, the base of the national team, the base. That'll take the field in the Gold Cup are, are, are is still the are still the guys that played in Russia. Yeah. If, in they, if they maintain that form, I would feel confident, Jon, of lifting of lifting the cup. If, if they maintain that form, well, you know, uh, this you is, know. This that I was kind of halfway kidding, but I, I kind of halfway wasn't over the weekend when I I posted my 
that quote unquote predictions for, for 2019, where I think that he will be heavily criticized for picking the veteran team for the Gold Cup. They say, es una Copa Europa para que jugadores de Lobos. You know how it's going to be. You know, like they, you could send your yeah. D team and you'll win the Gold Cup because they still think the CONCACAF is, you know, the CONCACAF from 1991. And um, so, um, you know, based on that, I mean, I do think that he's going to, I mean, you know, he wants to see what he has. So, yeah, of course he's going to send those guys. And uh, I, I do think that they will, in all likelihood, uh, uh, probably win the uh, the tournament. But then I think that they they go and lose the CONCACAF Cup if they still have that stupid thing uh, uh, later in the year against the U.S., which uh, which would not surprise me if uh, if that happened. Because I do think that at that point he would use some of the other guys, some of the younger generation. I think they want he want to have a team that will be as consistent. Yeah, I mean I, I wouldn't rush. The younger guys into the into the first team, uh, just because they, you, you know, that group as we've been talking about is bound to go to the Olympics, mm-hmm. and so they're gonna have their their own proceso. Right. And after the Olympics, that's when they usually start integrating them into the into the. Um, but but we've seen some of the younger guys already, some of these younger players already during Tuca's tenure. Uh, we saw some of these guys already play or come into camp. Right. Yeah, and then, you know, and then Tuca did, you know, they do have a, you know, some, some video on these guys. It's obviously, you know, was done to help bring in the next, you know, for the next coach to see what it is that he has to work with. So, uh, you know, I don't think that people quite really understood, you know, why Tuca was calling in all those guys. I mean, that was the biggest reason why. So they get video on these guys. And, uh, Help the, uh, the the new guy make a make a more informed decision, but you know for the, you know Tata Martino the pressure is going to be immediate, and 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 if, and if he loses that goal, hello, John, you seem to have been cut off. think John got booted. Uh, it's it's now a single podcast now. Lone Survivor. <clears throat> oh, he's back. For most of John is back. I would say for, for the Jeff, entire... Jeff, you were booted off. You're back. Oh, okay. I was booted off. Yeah. I, mean, I, it, I, was speak, I was speaking so eloquently. I know, but you you got, you left, and then you just joined just now. And I was, I was, I had such a, I was, I was, I was speaking so, so beautifully <laughs> about, the, about the crossroads. And... I was like, I might have to do this solo. I don't know for how long. But... Anyway, so, um. <laughs> as I was saying, you know, Mexico's at a crossroads right now, and, uh, Tata Martino is one of these guys that's going to have to figure out what it is that he wants to, uh, you know, what he wants to accomplish and how he wants to accomplish it. And, you know, the, the big one is, you know, for the better part of the last decade, Mexico had 
the upper hand against the United States. And I don't necessarily think that that's going to be the, that that's going to be the same uh, narrative uh, moving forward and into the next decade. I think the United States is, is closer to taking that away from Mexico. And we all know that when that happens, um, coaches, coaches lifespans get much shorter. Yeah. Yeah. But, but I mean, I think fans, they should, they should like, they shouldn't place too much importance if, if Mexico can win a regional tournament. I mean, the ultimate goal is, is, is at the World Cup. You know, not just quinto partido, but to try to achieve more. And I feel a lot of times they get distracted, you know. Sure. They feel one bad tournament or, or something didn't go as they imagined it would that, that you know, they assume that the worst is is some, is bound to happen. Well, I mean, it's what happened to Hugo. Hugo Sanchez was was going yes. through the same thing. He took a a veteran laden team to the uh, yes. to the Gold Cup. They end up losing in, in, in the final. You know, Frank on on a good goal, but a freak goal. You know, a goal that you know once in a lifetime. Oh yeah, failed var and and you know they had their chances. You know, too. It's not like Mexico was dominated. Right. Yeah. Exactly. They had their opportunities, and they just you know you know Nettie had the same shot, and his and his hit the top of the crossbar. Yeah. And uh, both of us had a chance there at the end to score. He's a one on one with the keeper, and he decides the best thing to do is is to hit it as hard as he can right at Tim Howard. <laughs> so yeah, you're absolutely right, and you're definitely chances there. But my point is, is that you know Ugo was going to start the generational change you were going to bring about Venas and the Giovanni and bring players into the full sun and then he did and uh, you know because he lost the Olympics uh, the Olympic qualifying they decided that they had to get rid of him and that frankly it was a in hindsight it was just a it was, it was a dumb decision because uh, you know you know one I would have loved to have seen what Ugo would have done with the prodigious talents that he had at, you know at, at his disposal at the time and I'm you know, Mexico doesn't have a, you know, a forward of his quality, you know, you know, teaching young, you know, younger kids some of the secrets that he used to excel. And that would have been outstanding, fantastic. I can't imagine why. But uh, anyway, so yeah. And, uh, and then of course, you know, he loses the state, he loses the Olympics, and then he's booted. Doesn't get a chance to deal with a generational change. So then, so then what happens immediately after Ugo gets booted? Svangorn Eriksson comes in and his first game starts in, in a World Cup qualifier at the Estadio Azteca. Starts Carlos Vela and Giovanni Dos Santos, two 18-year-old kids who had no idea what they were in for. Had never played a qualifier at all like that. And uh, needless to say, it, uh, it, didn't, it didn't work out for him. So that's what uh, Tata Martino is going to try and avoid in this in this 2019 and Joel, it sounds like you're pretty bullish on his um, on his chances. Well, yeah. Well, I mean, it, it comes down to to the group he inherits and 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 just just um, how they're performing. Because you could get a good group, but if but if the players aren't at their best. Um, you're just gonna get stuck with, 
you know, something similar happened to to Chepo, where he had he had a difficult time transitioning with new players because a lot of the older players he had were just going through a rough patch. Uh, Guardado seemed like his career was over at the time. Um, Salcido was just atrocious. Uh, you know, you could go, you could go up and down the list. Um, Masa, you had just all these players that were playing really bad. Um, even Marquez when he had, when he had, um, prior to him winning at, at, at what was it, at Leon, when, you know, he had been at the Red Bulls. And, and right. so you just got so many players that all of a sudden, you know, it's, uh, at, at the same time, they're just playing really bad. And it's it's really tough to uh when when you have players that are a big part of the, the team all of a sudden crash simultaneously. No, yeah, but I, right. that was that was definitely some of that. And it looks like as you mentioned earlier in the show, that uh, at least for now, that the Mexican players that are the key Mexican players are are, are yeah. players that are playing well. Yeah, I, I you know a lot could happen in six months. You have lesiones, you have, uh, you know, changing club, changing coach, any of these things, any of the things, man, that, that's what makes, I guess that, that's what brings so much passion to football, you know, just how volatile the sport can be, how much it can change, uh, from one moment to the next, uh, so that, that, which is, which is a big reason we started off praising America, because to maintain that consistency for as long as they have, it's no easy task. I think it's we not. get, and I get, and I think as soccer fans, we get derailed because we see some of these super teams, but that's, you know, they're, they're pumping so much money, you know, teams right. like, uh, Man City and Barcelona, and it's, it's in the, you know, they're like in the billions already of what they spend. Uh, so, which is not something that happens with national teams or, or with the majority of leagues. It, it, it uh, comes very close to approaching the, the budget that we have here at the Cantina next month. <laughs> uh, speaking of budgets, did you hear uh, uh, Rafa Marquez when he's yes. saying uh, he when transfers? We don't, we, don't, we don't have the budget to, to pay for the guys. But, uh... he's, you know, well, he's saying we're third. When it comes to budgets, we're third on the list, but from the bottom up. Right. And I saw a comment. They say when it comes to winning titles, you're first on that list. But from bottom, <laughs> is it from bottom of us? Oh man, Twitter. God bless Twitter. <laughs> that is pretty funny. Oh, I you know, they've, you know, they've for years have been the, I mean, at least for me, just the, the, the team that you just ridicule the most. Uh, it's just, uh, and, you know, like, it was, it's, it's like if you already know that that's that's your position, you know, why do you have to go and add fuel to the fire like that? It's just, it's, it's, it's pretty funny. But, it, you know, it's you know? it surprises me though because I felt I felt I'd lost with the backing of Tebasteca that they were going to get like this boost, right? And to hear that that you're you're you know. You're that low. 
you know, there's there's that little money to work with. It's pretty sad, man. I'm like, what? So what's going on at the Azteca? I mean, I thought you guys had a bit more clout. Well, don't forget I, that they they've won Morelia for years, and Morelia was you know a miracle goal away from uh, being relegated. Yeah, and you know, and and I always, you know, I always kind of chucked it up to. You. I thought like. Well, Morelia is more more of a team that they just bought, just just for television rights, you know, just to have more teams to to have, because uh, it was pretty split at one point. Half of the teams were shown on Televisa, and the other half at the Azteca, and I thought that was more of a that was their main thing that they weren't really running the team. As much as like sponsoring them only to have, you know, more games on, on channel 13. Right. You know, speaking of that, they, they have a a new, uh, a new squad will be playing over on Deve Azteca starting this season. Which is? Which is, uh, Las Gloriosas Chivas Arrayadas de Guadalajara will be. Making their Wait, I thought that was debut. That was um, unconfirmed. Uh, I thought that was that was very confirmed. Wait, because she was released a statement saying, you know, we have and and what I read today in the morning was Multimedios. It's the same company. Multimedios is from Tebasteca, isn't it? I don't know. I mean, I, I, you know, I, I do know that they're still going to be on TVN, which is a, which is a Televisa. So, so maybe it's not starting until next year then, which would make more sense anyway. Yeah, I know they're still in TVN for yeah, pay TV, TV, but on, yeah, they might be on free TV as well. But I don't. I I've yet to see like an official statement from from Chivas HQ. So it's uh, so it's an unconfirmed rumor at this point. Yeah, yeah. Well, they haven't they haven't said anything yet. So so that's that on on the Televisora talk. Well, we'll see. We'll see how that uh, how that plays out because I'm sure that the so I guess the whole Chivas TV uh, experiment didn't work out as well as they thought it was going to. No, I mean they still got it going. I guess there's people that still, this, this you know, of suckers. Yeah, and um, for their jornada uno, Chivas is is announcing it through Chivas TV. I don't know why they don't have TDN. I guess because it's their own ad, but they have a uh, you know Chivas opens the season against Cholos. And, uh, yeah, I'm. I'm Checking their page for an official announcement, and there's there's nothing there's nothing there, man, on, on any new TV deals. Where you go, Chivas desmiente tener acuerdo con Tevestec. Yeah, which. 
Terra, it's, it's pretty weird because Terra Azteca released a promo video, you know, with good production value. And and uh, and, and they were making the announcement. They're, they're, they said they're coming back home. Right. And then the next day or a few hours later, she was put their statement. So I don't, I'm not sure what happened there, man. Well, well, let's uh, let's uh, let's uh, let's 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 move on to other topics and uh, let's, let's talk transfers. There's a big big transfer news that uh, was announced uh, earlier this week, uh, not involving a Mexican player, but an American player, uh, Christian Pulisic, who is uh, moving from from Dortmund to Chelsea, uh, paid. Uh, 64 million euros, so about 73 million dollars for uh, this player. You know, easily the uh, the highest uh, transfer fee for an American player in history, and it's I mean, it's it's not even close. I mean, it's like, and the, and the highest player ever player. for any player from the Concacaf region. Exactly, and 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 even that number is not even close. I mean, there's you know nothing is this dwarfs all all other deals, and uh, you know a lot of. Uh, a lot of Mexico fans, you know, look at that news and go, "Oh my God, what about Lainez? What about Chucky? You know, this is, you know, and they just, you know, they take it a little personally. Uh, you know, Pulisic is a great player. I don't think anybody, uh, if, if if people don't see that, then they're they're just lying to themselves. And uh, it was, uh, you know, uh, you know, English teams always pay a lot for players, especially those those kinds of teams. But uh, you know, it, it's what the market bears for him. He'll be on loan uh, with uh, Dortmund through the end of the season and then move on next year, which is uh, uh, not surprising. And uh, we will, uh, you know, we'll see, you know, a player who is who is set to have a, a crucial role in the uh, upcoming Mexico-USA rivalry for about the next 10 years. So it, uh, it, it's interesting to me because, you know, people, you know, any, Anytime news like this comes down, always, you know, don't waste any time to, you know, take shots at Mexico. Uh, and I'm not talking about Americans, I'm talking about Mexican fans. Saying, how can this happen? You know, we, we just go on and on and on about how, you know, and then they think that the, that, that, that the United States is just somehow uh, overpassing Mexico when it comes to creating players. And uh, it, 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 it's just not the reality. And I, again, I think Pulisic is an outstanding player, and I think he absolutely deserves... Uh, you know, he, he plays well at Dortmund. He was the only player on the national team for the U.S. in qualifying that was worth that was playing at any kind of decent level. I mean, they did not not qualify because of you know he went into a slump. I mean, he was the only one that was scoring goals for them. And uh, <clears throat> you know, they, they, you know, a lot of fans seem to you know see this as some sort of indictment on on Mexican soccer, and the reality is that it isn't. I mean, Christian Pulisic is like Giovanni Dos Santos. He's a player that was, may have been, you know, born in Mexico, but was made in Europe. And, uh, you know, had Giovanni Dos Santos had a different career advice, you know, chances are pretty good that he probably would have been sold somewhere for, you know, 50, 60 million dollars at that time. Uh, unfortunately, things did not work out for Giovanni in that way. So Mexico fans, Joel, or, or, or should, I mean, 
I mean, I, I personally think it's hilarious that any anytime there's any news of any American player doing something or an American team or whatever it is, it is either looked at as as, as, as grossly overvalued or or, or people look, it's either one or the other. People think that the, that the, that the sky is falling. And uh, I think today it seemed like more people thought that the sky was falling. Yeah, I don't. I just don't get it, Yon. I don't get it. <laughs> Nothing new, really. We've seen things like this before. Um, I, I do think. Um, well, it's something we've been seeing with with a lot of these transfers going up. You know, I, I just they probably weren't expecting. Uh, that high of a transfer for a player that I guess because we don't keep taps on him, you know, as Mexico fans. Well, I mean, I mean, they, they should because, well, I mean, well, first of all, the number shouldn't come as a surprise because if anyone has seen the, the output that Dortmund has had over the past few years with some of the players that they've sold, it's a, they do a pretty good job. Of, of of developing players and then moving them on, so that that shouldn't come as a surprise to anybody. But you know, again, the reality is, I mean, this guy's a good player, and you know, good players are going to command a, a big number, for the, especially to you know, especially you know, to the Premier League where the numbers are always going to be inflated anyway because it's the most competitive league in the in the world, and. Uh, uh, I guess to me the funny thing is, is you know people look at Lainez and go, oh my God, dude, they're like you know that number for Lainez, and, you know how could he only be going to Holland for fifteen million? And they look at Chucky and oh my God, you know Chucky, if he goes, you know he's only worth, who cares? <laughs> I mean seriously, who cares? You know why, why, why? You know we should be more excited with the fact that you know in this corner of the world where Mexico doesn't get to play players like that very often that they are playing a player, you know, players of that caliber because it, it just makes them better. You know, there's an old saying, iron sharpens iron. And and, and, and that to me is, is the way that Mexico fans should look at it. Hey, we got Puruski, he's a great player. Well, let's go, you know, then it, you know, it, it, it should make winning that game even better because you're, you're, you're playing a good team with the really good players. So, you know, it's just it, it's just funny to me to, to see the, the reaction of it, and uh, you know, and, and again, you know, the, 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 this is not a a testament to how the U.S. produces players. I mean, this is a kid who has a one has a European passport, so it made it very easy for him to, to go over and, and 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 play and train where he did. I, you know, again, he's a prodigious talent. He's a you know he's he's a a, a player who has an unbelievable uh, set of skills. There's, there's no denying that. I mean, anyone who does deny that, again, are just, are just lying to themselves to make themselves feel better. And uh, it, it, to me, it's just, um, you know, when I look at Linus and I'm, I'm reading the crawl right now, and when you see on this says, you know, that the Ajax is ready to spend twelve million. Why on earth, Hoyer, would America settle for twelve million dollars for the best player that they've had since Guatemala? Or the, or the the best prospect, I guess I should say, since what them. Yeah, you know, and and one thing I've noticed 
with a lot of fans is is this like like I I think they've been swayed by the media where they where they want any talent that comes out to leave as soon as possible because they feel that's their best option. But really we don't have enough like you guys people how do you know that, you know? How how can you prove it? You know, what examples can you give me to prove that that's the case? Right. That if you leave you know and and they can never come up with any uh and and it's cuz it's a mixed bag you know you we've seen players leave at an early age and then come back you know um two of the players right now that are doing good in the EPL both both uh Chicha and Raul they left in their 20s uh, Jimenez was 23 when he went to Atletico de Madrid and Chicharro was 21, 22, and when he went straight to Manchester United, you know? Yeah, see, to me, and again, if you're as talented as, as, as Linus is, to me, the, 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 there's no reason for him to go to a team like Ajax. It just doesn't, you know. If if, if I were America, I, I would hold out. Let him play this year. Let him have his gold cup. Let him have his team. Yeah, he's the yeah. World Cup, you know, which which I, I, mean, I personally send him to the Gold Cup, honest, in all honesty. And then, you know, let, let a team like a Manchester United say, hey, 12, 12, we'll give you a 50 for, you know, whatever the number is. You know, I think it should be around 30. I agree with you, Jon. That's, yeah. that would be my selling price if I'm America. Of course. I mean, it would be, it would be silly to, 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 to just settle for, you know, whatever that number. I mean, that's, it, it's almost insulting. <laughs> I mean, I'm serious. I mean, I mean, I'm being serious. I mean, America can make money with this kid. Why or why on earth would they would they yeah. get him for 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 such for such peanuts? Yeah, and and you know if and this is a thing that that Lightness should understand because I hear that he was trying to put some pressure. Um, that if 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 he maintains his talent, I mean, not his talent. <laughs> He's obviously, if he maintains his consistency, if he keeps playing as good as he's playing and, and just continues to develop, he's gonna, the offers are gonna come. He will go, he will go abroad. You know? I, uh, I think it gets exaggerated about how Mexican teams don't allow players to leave. I, I don't agree with that. Um, cause we've been, we've seen many players leave and, and players you know, I, I can't recall the last time there was a player that was held back. You know, you you could talk about Pizarro all we want, but he's he took that money. You know, when when Chivas offered that big cash buyout, he mm-hmm. took it. He could have opted and said, "No, you know what? I'm gonna let my contract with Pachuca run out then." Uh, but you know, there was no offers. There really wasn't. That's the other thing that people forget. There really wasn't any offers from from any clubs to go abroad. So I mean, but but I really can't think of a player uh, and say that the Liga MX screwed that player over just so they could make more money. I just, I, I mean, I I can't. Um, it's it's very different than than from we're talking about maybe what. 
maybe 10, 15 years ago. And, and even then, even then you would see um, how, how Liga MX players would, would like uh, bend the knee, like, like Borghetti was allowed to go to Bolton. He was on loan. You see all these players and, and the clubs would let them go on loan and, and it would be the Mexican clubs that would lose money. Palencia went to Espanol on loan. He had a good season. Uh, you know, they still didn't keep him. Cuauhtémoc uh, left as well, you know, to... to uh, Valladolid. Yeah, Valladolid. He got injured, you know. He missed a year. Uh, well, I mean, he didn't get injured over there. He got injured over here. But, you know, it... it, it the injury ended up affecting them, but but so yeah, Mexican teams get vilified, and I think it's the media always because I don't know they're always pushing they're always pushing their agenda, always trying to create news. But just my personal experience, I always seen Mexican teams willing to cooperate as long as they get their just due. So I do think uh, if Linus is is patient, he will he he will end up. He will he will go to Europe. He yeah, will go to a good club. He, exactly. He'll go he'll go to a a club that is uh, that 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 is willing to take a chance on him. Yeah. That uh, and, and is willing to pay to take the chance on him. And that's what uh, you know. Again, nothing against I think, you know if he if he did go to Ajax, which uh, I don't necessarily think is going to happen. But if it if it did happen, I would be. You know that 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 is a great club for 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 a kid to learn, but I I don't think that he needs to do that. I think that he can go ahead and just make the next jump. Is uh, and and I do think that uh, that that he has the talent, and, and I do think that America. You know, you know, to me, just because of, of how much money they can make with him, there's no point in, in, in selling him for less than what 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 his fair market value is to them. Which, which in this case I think is uh, is definitely north of twenty million. So we'll see how that uh, yeah plays out. Yeah, that's that that will be interesting to see. Coil, uh, speaking of uh, of transfers, Chivas has once again uh, signed like wait. 18, 18 players. They have, but but Yon, oh, I wanna. Yeah. I want to share this doozy when we're talking about transfers. Um, so this is this is from um, Forbes Mexico, and it's the top ten most expensive transfers so far of the Clausura season. Mm-hmm. So the top one is Maximiliano Mesa. He's in Argentine. He's going to Monterrey. Fifteen million dollars. That was the top one. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then Victor Davila to Pachuca, 12.1 million. And then you have Orbelin to Cruz Azul, 12 million. Uh, Alexis Vegas from Toluca to Chivas, 9 million. Diego Valdez, he came to Santos for 6.9. Ismael Sosa to Pachuca again, you know, opening their wallet, 6 million for Ismael Sosa. Jonathan Rodriguez to Cruz Azul for four million. The guy from Joshi- Santos. Excuse me. The guy from Santos. Yeah, I don't know where he came from. 
Oh, yeah, yeah, Jonah, the Uruguayo. Mm-hmm. All right. Uh, Joshi Mariotón. Two Cruz Azul, four million. Adam, Adam. Uh, Barreiro to Monterrey for three million. And Jesus Molina, three million from Monterrey to Chivas. This so far, John, but you're saying the transfer opens up the window, right? Well, the, you know, official international one. Ah, international. But there hasn't been much noise about any potential signing. Uh, at least I haven't heard any rumors. Well, no, I mean, I mean, to me, the... The winter transfer window to me is the is is the desperate team transfer window. Teams that are willing to make some crazy, some crazy jump. Uh, you know, do, do, go go for a or you know for for for, for a quick fix uh, transfer window. So, I mean, to me, it's it, it's like. You know, I guess it's nice if you know if some players move, but I mean, there's really no there's not gonna be like any like massive earth shattering transfer in my personal opinion. Usually, hey, hey, hello. Hey, what's up, Ron? What's up, what's up, John? What's up? Uh, hey, hello, Ron. What's up? Uh, how are you guys doing? Now, I was talking about the the transfers, and I thought that was very interesting. Uh, you know, another speaking of trans transfers, this you know this uh, winter break. I heard that uh, Guapa over there at their uh, at their uh, stadium, you know, that's where they have like you know the museum. I heard that they transferred a new big trophy case for their new title. <laughs> Does that count? <laughs> Sorry, guys, just just listen, chops. Just listen, chops. No, but but all all good all good points about about the uh, light nest and stuff like that. Oh, yeah. I, as, I as, a, as, as an Amer fan, what 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 is your take on light nest? Because I've seen a few America fans that it's like, are you really a fan if you're trying to get rid of this guy? No, no you know? it's like that that whole thing. You know, I, call, I guess call me old school, but I mean, it's like it's like. You know, it's like you have a hot girlfriend, and it's like you're trying to give it away to your to your boys, you know, to somebody else. <laughs> hey, yeah, because your best friend is, is Tomas Cariton. Hey, yeah. I think you well, look better thing. with that's him, thing. dude. Well, exactly. So it's like you would only give her away to like a guy that's much better looking than you, man. He's, yeah, he's and it's like, why? <laughs> you know, and, and like hey. I said, I mean, this whole this whole thing about you know, pull, you know, Pulisic or whatever. I mean, hey, good for him, you know, and and stuff like that. But I, I've always it. said that. Yeah, I mean, it's like it, it doesn't bother me one bit because I mean, you know, you know, I'll, I'll put it to you this way: for me, the U.S. Pulisic could be like Hugo Sanchez in in, in in reference where you had this one player that was one of a kind. But reality, if you don't have the team to back him up, it's like, okay, what what's going to happen? And and I think you know, right now the U.S. is going to be in a transition phase. So. I, I I think, and I hope I'm wrong, and I hope I'm wrong because you know, but I I don't see, I don't I don't see him being you know obviously you know he's going to carry the team and, and get them into the glory. I mean that that's just happened to Mexico you know in the past before like you know where we thought Hugo Sanchez was going to take you know 
the team to the next level or even thought the golden generation of 2005 was going to take the team to the next, you know, you know like Giovanni Dos Santos or, or, or whatever, you know. Um, but, hey, good for good for Chelsea, good for, you know, uh, Dortmund and stuff like that. Uh, in terms of, you know, the spazzing out from the press, you know, regarding, you know, Linus or Chucky and stuff like that, I think I think it's stupid. I, I, I really, I really do, you know. Um, it, it guarantees nothing, you know. Well, I mean, and, I don't and, know, and, but what it does, it just it exposes the ignorance of the person who's who's you know reporting this or or, or writing their commentary about it. Because just like you said, I mean, you know, Pulisic is like Hugo Sanchez in the sense that he's like a like like a once in a lifetime kind of guy, and, and not necessarily a product of the but, system. He was just a, like a prodigy, you know. Just, but 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 that could have the that that could have an adverse effect because now they're going to think you know oh this guy's going to be a wonder boy and stuff like that. I, I mean just at least like, like they you know, with Cuba Torres, Cuba Torres, or even you know Freddie Adu or you know, stuff like that. You know it's like oh this is going to be the you know oh this is it. This is a player that's going to take the. The, the the team to the next level and, and you know I'm sorry to say one player doesn't do that it's a it's a system and unfortunately you know the U S doesn't have that system you know where you're just producing those type of players and and for the most part Mexico doesn't have it either no you know so it's I mean, not I like I'm not when when Freddie Duke came out I was talking to my American soccer friends and they were just kind of like oh my God this is it this is the guy that does it I'm like I was like look yeah. do you understand that that, that Brazilian clubs you know, turn away thirty Freddie Adus a day yeah, I, I you know I don't care about producing one you know Pulisic or one you know Lightness. I care I care more about about a team coming in from the you know under under 15s and stuff like that from the federation. You would having that twelve Hector Reynosos. Yeah, you know, as opposed to one Christian Pulisic. Yeah, I mean, I, I'd rather have I'd rather have a system in place. I'd rather have a system in place where where the the team, even if they're not superstars, they know what they're playing for. And you know, you know, having, and I and I mentioned this in Twitter or you know in our private feeds. I mean, I can remember, I can remember, you know, twenty years back, you know, fifteen years back. What happened you know, thirty-four years back, Ronnie? <laughs> no, I'm just saying. Do it's like do the math. What happened thirty-four like, years? Ago? <laughs> Dwight York, remember? We know when he was. Oh, you know, like, you know, I was like, and like, I remember it was the same spazzing out from the press. They're talking about. Oh my God! You know Trinidad and Tobago. They're they're gonna you know they're they're gonna get on par with Mexico or or when like you know they had you know Costa Rica had you know twenty something players playing abroad and Mexico only had what I think at the time just two and well one was Rafa Marquez and the other one was uh, Torrado but he was kind of in limbo because you know he didn't he never really established his career in Europe you know or, or, or you know even Honduras had you know Honduras had there was a time where they had like you know twenty thirty players playing abroad you know. Not all, not in all, in top divisions, but just in Europe, and, and 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 that's what they don't get. It's like, oh, it's like, there, it's, it's just as long as you're in Europe, even if it's in the second division, even if you're in the championship, you know. And it's like that was just good enough. And it's like, it's the same, it's it's the same, you know, argument. And 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 I don't, and I think it holds true, you know, today as well. It's like, I don't care if you're if you have, you know, a hundred players out there. 200 players I really it, it, it's like has that really helped I mean has that really helped you know for a while for a while I mean Colombia had a lot of players too you know Uruguay had a lot of players you know Chile had a lot of players and, and they were doing pretty bad at the national team level up until recently where they started to you know 
to get better. I I don't know. It's just I look. I, I care more about the system. I care more about about what is the team or what is the federation doing to make sure that there's a system in place and where the in the players. They, they're they're able to go from from the under 15s to the under 17s to the under 20s to the to the 23 under 23 and then on to the to the to the uh, to the senior national team that's that's what i care about well the guy that was in charge of that for Femex Foot is uh, now the general manager of LA Galaxy Dennis Cloyce Dennis Cloyce De Cloyce I, you know what? I'm not trying to knock on the dude, but I. You're gonna I, knock on him. No, no disrespect, just, but I'm gonna disrespect you right now. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, you know. You, I, I don't, you, you think his shit stinks, and everyone else does. I don't. I don't think that he was. I, I don't think he. You know, it, it, it's. I, I don't think he's a. You know, we ha- we've had Grifa before. You know. We had who were the other guys that they had? Ah, oh, uh, but but it's different, different, different there, Ron. I mean, because because Grifa, he was he was mostly he he's Angel Grifas is is for for uh, for younger listeners. He's uh he's from Argentina and he's he's like a talent scout and he was he's one of their you know. He he discovered a lot of very talented players like Batistuta. Yeah, and all those type of guys. Going going way back there. Um and and he came to Mexico, FMF hired him years back. And, and to to my knowledge, to my knowledge, there's two teams. Every team in the in the in the league uh I'm sorry, it was what? Yeah. Two, every every league, every team in, in the league. I know what Ron's gonna say. I think I think the only two oh, I think <laughs> correct me if I'm wrong, correct me if I'm wrong. <laughs> I think it was Pumas and Atlas who did not allow that. Or was Chivas also one of the teams that did not allow? I think it was Chivas was one of them, man. Okay, yeah. I th- <laughs> yeah, I think it was Pumas. They were like, yeah, this. I mean, thanks, but no thanks. But supposedly he was just gonna go around to to uh, and to give advice, but but he never did. I mean, the work, like the type of work that the close does, is. Close to more like a lot of administration, a lot of like he does a lot of work, man. With scouts, with with he's very hands on. He's you but, know. But but here here's the thing though, the the, the work that's been doing the, the you know the, the the success that we've had at the youth levels. It's, it's not because really of the federation. It's more of the clubs. Yeah, but yeah. but but it still helps when you have someone that. Yeah, that but it's very that professional and that more than you know, they help the clubs. And and he's not a dude that is like the compadrismo, you know, look, look, that look. is known in in FMF where it's like I'm putting this guy because he's you he's mean, you know I, I, my sister's son-in-law as opposed to Memo Cantu. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> so I mean, like the clubs, just just how he. He got some some games for Mexico and Europe, you know. He negotiated that. What 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 things like that? Method for the teams to, 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 to he, he called the call. He called the, the federations directly. <laughs> Instead of doing what going through what going through, you know, all these mediators through promoters or or 
our sponsors trying to see what well, what's available. Packages. Um, but keep remember in ninety in the ninety eight uh, process there was also games played in Europe too. You know, so it's 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 like I don't I don't think we should you know bend over backwards. Oh, because the guy got us you know games and uh, that has nothing you know, to do with it. It was, it was just he just had a. Uh, just you know, as hard as put on it, just it, you know, I, I I get what you're saying, Ron, and I totally agree with you. But but the the problem is that there there needs to be a a very rigid structure in place in order for that to happen. And 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 every time that 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 clubs, you know, you know, want to, they're very serious and they want to, you know, as you're saying, they want to no, just because they, they never last long enough because, you know. It, it, it's like that scene in Nuestra Familia los at the beginning when the, the dad says, kid, I want you to go to Chiapas and take this contract to the governor. We'll get it signed and we'll get this, you know, this, this, this highway done. And the kid sends his, his chofer, you know, because he's going to go to Miami for the weekend. And, and, and that's just, to me, though, that, that's just kind of the, the, the way that the, the things are run. Not in all clubs and not necessarily, you know, at, at this level of Phoenix. But it certainly has happened in the past. It would not shock you if it happens again. You know, uh, it, so there's just there's just not enough consistency. I think the most brought that consistency. And, but and, 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 and that's me and why I like the guy. Yeah, you know, I attribute I you know I attribute more of you know more of the success of the you know of the youth and and, and even and even the attention on the fact that the the networks. Ha- are able to see this as as a as a gener- you know a revenue generating you know uh, events throughout the summer you know the summer months mm-hmm. more so than you know any individual per se or any any executive you know from the league. Uh, I mean, that's that's one you know one of the reasons and and you know you, and you guys know this. I mean, prior to you know prior to to the to the to the Athens cycle, you know the. The the, uh, the Athens, uh, you know, the the Olympic team that failed to qualify in two was it two thousand four, two thousand what? Yeah, yeah, two thousand uh, yeah in Athens. No one really gave a shit about the youth, you know. And and, and, and the reason they started to give, you know, you know, basically started talking about it is because Mexico, the, you know, the, the the teams, you know, were failing, were were not doing, you know, were not doing well. And 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 I hate to say it, but. They started making a fuss out of it because you know people were trying to blame other executives within the federation because there was a power struggle within the federation in that time and th- during those times between the Lebrijas, the dudes from Atlante, um, even the, the Borrillo Escarregas and stuff like that. There was because they're running the Femex Food right now. Yeah, so I mean there was there was a, there was a lot of power struggle. You know, there was a lot of you know internal power struggles within the federation and the league itself. So they were using the youth, you know, the youth fracasos as a means to basically, you know, basically pin those, pin those failures onto, onto your opponents, you know, within the Federation. Um, so, I mean, that's really how that started. And that's why you started, you know, the, you started to hear more about it. Um, the youth, you know, the youth team, but uh, again, like nowadays, you know, you know, from 2005 and onward, the attention has, has, has been given more so by the networks because it's, it's a way for them to generate more, more revenues, uh, you know, in programming. Um, well, no, the key word there is, yeah, is, uh, is, is, is revenue. Yeah. yeah. No, you're right though. I mean, I mean, 
because I, I remember that night in, the, in 05 when when they won the U17 World Cup. There was it was the first time they were playing a game at the uh, an NFL regular season game at the Aztec, and and during the commercial break they would show the highlights of the of Mexico beating Brazil, and and the announcers were like, man, all of a sudden this place went freaking banana. You know? So it was obvious that the, they saw that it was a a pretty big market for them to. Uh, to start doing well in the youth, so yeah. As, as long you know, if the networks give it the attention, you know, and 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 also even 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 with you know the second division, you know, and I've always said, and I've been saying this for years, you know, one of the, the one of the reasons travesty. exactly, and one of the reasons why is because the, the lack of attention or the way you know the media cover it. They've all, you know, like it, it would always piss me off. Like when, you know, they would refer to the second division as La Liga del Infierno. Like, you know, it's like, you know, it's like the hell league. It's, it's like, no, I mean, you're not watching it because it's the Champions League. You know, you don't have to sell it like the Champions League, you know, that it's the best of the best, the creme of the creme. But there's other ways you can market it. You know, people, I mean, you know, people watch, and, and you know this, John, I mean, people watch high school sports. They watch college sports. You know, <laughs> I you're just not, finished, I just finished working the, uh, the high school championships uh, the week before Christmas here here in, in Texas. Yeah, if you know how to, if you can market it and you know how to market it, you know there's you know you'll get the people and stuff like that. So, but like I said, I, I mean I know that the, the Cloyce has been done some you know some good things and stuff like that, but I I, I didn't I didn't see him as the savior well, either. I don't think he was a savior, uh, but let me just put this around. Who would you rather have running making? the decisions that need to be made to describe what you want. Who would you rather have making those decisions? De Cloyce or Memo Cantu? It makes no difference to me. Oh, come on. No man this way. Well, I don't I don't believe you. I don't believe you. Look, look, Cantu, he said, you know, I, I met the dude and actually met, met the dude a couple of times uh, um, throughout La Volpe's process and stuff like that. And I ran into him again in, in 2006 in Germany and stuff like that. And, and yeah, he's he, and I think if I recall, I think I even blogged about it um, in in the in the prior to the World Cup over there in Germany. He, you know, like he was the if I'm not mistaken, he was the press officer or something like that. And you know, there are times where he didn't give you know the the right itinerary. I think there was like two times where it kind of pissed us off. Yeah, he, yeah, I understand. He, he could be a dick. You know, so, so 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 you're telling me that the guy that can't even get the itinerary right <laughs> for the press is is, is, is no different than that guy. No, but <laughs> but, but, but I'm saying, but what I'm saying is the guy the guy also has connections too. You know, but, that, but that's the whole reason he has the gig. Yeah, connections. Hey man, I, I think there's a reason the galaxy. Huh? I mean, to me, I think there's a reason he made it as far as he did. You know, con all the selecciones nacionales. Uh, and and why the galaxy just drove a dump, uh, dumpster truck full of money to him, and I, I feel that he's gonna help resuscitate Gio's career. Really? Yeah. Maybe, maybe that's what. Maybe maybe this is a whole. Here, here's, what, here's what I think happened. I think Femex sent him to LA Galaxy to scout the. The very fertile soccer grounds in LA, and figure out um, which ones are Mexican, which ones aren't, and start taking those guys to uh, to Liga MX and to 
And of course, the the, the, the secondary, the, you know, his his secondary mission, of course, Joel, was to was to uh, rescatar a Joel. So how, how, <laughs> how, how, how do you think that he left because of uh, because of John Delusa? They, I heard he wasn't getting along with Memo, mm-hmm. but I heard that it was just it's just a lot of money they had offered him. Because they made him two offers. Uh-huh. And yeah, turned the first one down. And then they just came with more money. So, Now, question. question. They like, um, are they... I, I don't know if... Are they playing any international tournaments? I don't know if they placed high enough. Um, I, I don't think I they didn't... even qualified to the league. I, I think they didn't even make to the league playoffs. So, I mean, really... <laughs> I don't know, but I mean, he's <laughs> spending a he, lot of. He got, you know, he he already hired um, Boca Juniors, uh, Boca Juniors former coach. That was his uh, coach. Yeah, Skeloto and. He was a former MLS player. Yeah, true. He 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 was former. He was former. Yeah, but I mean, I I, I think he's. Dude knows what he's doing, you know, professional dude. But um, that's my hope, man. If we could rescue Gio, just just a great talent, man. I'm disappointed how people have given up for him, for his career choice. It is never it is, understood it is pretty, that. Pretty, pretty imagine, imagine yeah. losing your friends just because you took a high-paying job somewhere. <laughs> it's like you're not gonna talk to you no more because uh, you're not working where we want you to work. <laughs> Shit. Uh, so, so I mean, yeah, I hope, yeah, man. Yeah. I, How dare Gio make a decision based on his career, and not, not our, uh, not our. Do you think? Do you, I mean, hopes for him. Do you think he even? I mean, let's let's say that. Take away the MLS, you know that you know the the, the MLS hate and stuff like that. I mean, do you really think he still has the tools to make it to the next World Cup? <clears throat> Giovanni, sure. You did? If he puts his mind to it. But do you think he can get there playing in the MLS? At his age? Why not? uh, But but there's like, you know, to my, uh, I mean, right now, I mean, there's, I mean, what Galaxy, what, they don't have any international tournaments right now. I mean, they don't have that international, like, you know, what they say, El Rosa Internacional right now. No, I mean, I, I I think I, I think there's something and, and John says it all the time. Uh Gio's mostly known for his career with Selección. Yeah, that's true. The, no, and what no he's done that. at the club level. But we also can't deny just the talent he has, man. He he I mean in my book he's the first Mexican to score a hat trick in the World Cup. <laughs> he was you know, he kinda got robbed there by the Oh true. By the, no. Dude, oh, yeah, what, what he got two goals taken away by recall uh, against Cameroon, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. And, and he still scored a third one. Yeah. I mean, he, what he's You're done right. with the national team, very few players can make that claim of what he's done with Selección, man. And I think he fell hard. I think there's something going on with him. It's more mental. I don't think I don't think his quality just dropped automatically because he landed in the U.S. I, I think I think I think I no I, and I have to agree with you. I think at this time I think it had to do a little bit with with the coaching and the preferences. You know the coaching preferences with you know uh, yeah. Osorio. 
you know, I'll, I'll be the first oh, one to well. admit that. Well, yeah, and, it's not, and, and that's no knock on, you know, Sodio. So, I mean, every coach is going to have their preferences and in in the way they, you know, they play. I mean, yeah, shit, you know, La Volpe, you know, La Volpe, you know, sometimes La Volpe would do this and he, you know, even La Puente, La Puente was, you know, as much as I respect La Puente and stuff like that, you know, there are times where I didn't always agree with, you know, what he was doing, but. You know what's um, so frustrating about Osorio? And this just kills me. Is that he plays a certain way against Germany and fucking just destroys them, right? I mean, let's be honest. What's that? Against Germany, you know, the way that he's played it. It's like, why didn't he play like that, like the entire tournament? That absorbent counter. <laughs> like, I mean, for, God, for God's sakes. Just incredible to me that you didn't see the, the, the potential counterattack he had with the players he had. It's... Um... Not too long ago, I actually had this discussion with a friend. You know, you know, because right now Germany, because you know how the, the League of Nations or whatever the, it's called, you know how they're kind of struggling, mm-hmm. and uh, you know, saying, "Oh, there's like you know, right now that Germany's in shambles and stuff like that." And it's like it sucks because people kind of like are are taken away from Mexico, Mexico's uh, win against Germany in the, in the World Cup. But the funny thing about it is, prior prior to that, they were you know, the sure the sure team to beat they were you know the world champions the guys that they were going to win it and it seems like you know like mexico exposed them or whatever or you know and it just like it diminishes the win you know what i mean Um, and that's you know if you want to look at it like that be my guess i still see it as no any world cup champion that's the way i see it too but i'm just saying that that's a conversation that i had with a buddy and it's like yeah and it's funny because you know I even heard that, you know, in, in, in South Africa when, you know, when Mexico beat, you know, France, it's like, ah, well, they were on the way down. I said, but you didn't really know that then. You know, I'm granted, granted, you know, in, in the 2010 World Cup, you know, France did struggle to get into the, uh, into the World Cup. And then you had that Henri, remember that handball against the, uh, the Irish? Right. And stuff like that. But you didn't know that, you know, they were going to, they were in a downward spiral. I think, you know, Mexico exposed that kind of like similar to what Mexico did to Germany in the, in the past world cup, but I digress. Yeah. But I don't think that, I mean, back then the, the, the France national team, uh, they were in a much worse shape than, than, than Germany was. I mean, the Germany thing was a complete surprise. Yeah. yeah. The French national team thing was not because they were, they were like just a, a dumpster fire for them before that, that whole tournament. Yeah, they, they were Not... a complete mess. So, so Mexico caught them. But again, but that, but but the Germany. I don't, I don't see. I don't. I don't necessarily think there's anything wrong. Okay, so they might have lost a few. I mean, you don't think that Germany is not going to contend for the World Cup and and be you know right in the thick of the things for the for the World Cup again? Of course they are. I mean, yeah. they'll, they'll be just fine. You know, they just you know, they, Mexico caught them on a good day. Yeah. Yeah, I, I don't. I don't think it diminishes it at all. No, I mean, I, I, I agree. I agree with you on that. So it's still, it's still Germany. I mean, let's not, let's not lose sight of that fact. Uh-huh. Uh, ch- uh, changing subjects real quick. I, I finally was able to catch on to the, uh, the, the, the podcast where you guys talk about you know America's championship and the Prode. <laughs> <laughs> Damn, damn boy. Oh, you, were really, you were really salty on that one, weren't you? Hey, <laughs> hey you guys catch, just cut up. I, I still think I still think America's gonna overtake Cuba in, in campeonatos, but 
I don't, I don't, hey, just the fact that it's a different trophy, that, yeah. that tastes it out to me, man. Well, not just a different trophy, but the, the, the name of the tournament is different. Yeah. <laughs> Torneo. Torneo Prodi. Dude, different trophy, man. It, it looks it looks like the off-brand cereal bag. <laughs> you know, like, like if you buy Fruity Pebbles, it comes in a box. And it has the Flintstones, no, and, but it's, but it's and there's a toy, it's and it, pebbles. Oh, and it's like it's like that's the, the, the grocery no. store knockoff of, of fruity pebbles. It's like, like yeah, it's, it's, you know, it, 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 wouldn't, it wouldn't be fruity pebbles. It, 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 no. Like like the Dr Pepper here at the H E B is the is Dr H because you know the Dr H. the fruity pebble knockoff is Dino Bites. <laughs> it comes in a bag. <laughs> no, no toy surprise, no nothing, that's, dude. That's what the Prode is, is in Dynabyte. It's the Dynabyte Championship. Yeah, well, why would you buy a cereal in a bag, Ron? That's like dog food comes in a bag. It, it, it's because you're being sustainable, you know, zero waste. <laughs> <laughs> it's like you don't even need plastic. You just go in there with your mason jar, you know? <laughs> Oh man, but but hey, Cruz Azul also doesn't doesn't escape this. Cruz Azul and Monterrey, they're, they're guilty as charged. That is very true. Because what was the one that Monterrey won? It was the one of the year of the World Cup, right? It was like the one after the World Cup. Yeah, it was so um, Mexico, Mexico, Mexico eighty six. Mexico eighty six. And we, we, which is the one that Cruz Azul won? Seventy. Uh, yeah, the seventy one. Mexico seventy and. Uh, and, and yeah, the only Prode was, was called the Prode. Year, the first year of the year. I thought Chivas won the first year of the year. No, was it that, was. No, the first was, team. No. I think America won the first league year yeah. against Toluca. Toluca, yeah, I was about to say that yeah, they had yeah, to do yeah. a playoff match against the Diablos and they, they won it. Yeah, that, that, yeah. Hadn't that was, they already won, though? Technically, they had already won. No, 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 that was a. That that was the the the, the Liguilla. Uh, te- technically, technically, there was a playoff match. I think like in the forties, Asturias or you know one of those teams where it was like a you know end of the season tied on points, and then they had to play a playoff match or some shit like that. It was something like that. But te- you know, as far as the competition, knowing it from that that was the way it was gonna you know define the championship. That was. That was the first one was America Toluca back in seventy seventy one. But yeah. Uh hey before I before I go, what uh, what are your predictions for uh champions? Or at least four four semifinalists for for this Not coming uh, season. It'll be are are you thinking it'll be Ron? My my four are this. I think I think I think America. I think Toluca. I think Pachuca. And I think uh, uh, Tigres. Wait, no, no Blue Cross. No. Oh, no. oh, that they brought four seleccionados, man. They got some Peruchos. La, last time, Cruz Azul won. The league title, they had a Peruvian international in the squad. Ooh, oh, I dropped yeah. that. I, I, I think, I think the Luca, I think the Lucas, <laughs> you know, uh, I think the Luca did 
pretty well, even even despite losing, you know, three nothing to or three two to America. I think they were a very compact team, and I think Hernan Cristante had the team playing well. Um, uh, so, so I think I think I, I think it's gonna be I think it's gonna be Tigres, Pachuca, uh, America. You know, uh, that's who, that's who I think. What about you guys? Yeah. I- it's it's hard to discount Ame. I, I I see them challenging again, but I also see Cruz Azul, man. I think I think they did well to to uh, with the transfers again, man. Pelais has shown one thing is that he's pretty good at at bringing in players, um, and I, so I see those two teams again in the picture, and and I'll put the um. Monterrey as well. I'll put him up there. The the two Monterrey teams, Tigres and Rayados. Those would be my four. I'm not sure on Pachuca. I know they did two big investments, uh, but I don't. I don't know. I don't know. I don't. Know, I don't know too much about their coach. So who knows? But but those would be my top four. That's. Um... Not bad. I think that'll be. Uh, I think America and Cruz Azul for sure. And I do think they're the two best teams in the league right now. I don't think it'll be the two uh, Norteño teams. I think it'll just be one. It'll be the one that doesn't win the Conca Champions because I think that they are two the easily the favorites of the Conca Champions, and they're going to be on opposite ends of the bracket. So the only place they can meet is the final. So I do think that it'll be uh, whoever doesn't win that. I think the one who wins the final will be okay. We won this. You know, whatever happens, happens. And uh, the fourth one will probably be a surprise to me. So I'm, I'm, I'm going I'm to surprise everyone and say Atlas. No, I'm kidding. I'm not going to say Atlas. I don't think anybody would ever uh, It would be uh, uh, you know, somebody like a Morelia, kind of like the last time, you know, just you know, one of the little smaller market teams. I don't think Pumas makes it a year. I think that they'll be They'll struggle to make like 22, 23 points. I don't think they'll get their full complement of the, of the 26 points, a minimum 26 points needed uh, for the uh, for the Nagia. So, all right, boys, I got to get going. Pleasure. Well, Fun. thanks for stopping by, Ron. Merry Christmas, Happy New Year. Season likewise, hope, likewise. Hope that your 2019 uh, other uh, goes extremely well for you, except in the. Uh, Department of your of your of your, of your chosen team winning championships. Other than that, hope your 2019 is up Likewise, guys. All right, you guys be good. Okay. Later, Ron. All right, bye bye. Ron Deluna joining us here on the Cantina Mix podcast. Yes, ple- pleasant surprise. It, not, uh, it's been a while since since Ailagi uh, La Mayor had had flown by here. That's right. And had I had my music, I would have uh, I would have introduced him <laughs> appropriately and accordingly. Yeah, I don't think I don't think Ron has heard all of our uh, our new Amelia drops that we have. Are you, no, he would be pleasantly surprised. I think so. I think so. I, I like I like that girl. Okay. <laughs> we'll have to we'll have to find those uh, those drops. Well, hopefully, I did have the stuff with me, but I'll be honest, I was very too lazy. I didn't want to hook it up tonight. <laughs> I'm at my sister's house. You know, it's just, it's, it's a kind of a weird dynamic right now. Oh. So 
because I'm up, I'm up here in the, in the Metroplex. So Joel, before we leave, I do want to talk, tell you about this uh, very interesting conversation I was overhearing uh, last night about 2, 2 a.m. at the at the IHOP as I, I finished uh, my, my work. It was pretty late. It was after 1 a.m. And uh, so we go and do the, uh, you know, the late night dinner and breakfast because I hadn't eaten since like 11 o'clock in the morning. So I go to the IHOP. And there's this group of table, the guys uh, sit at this table having a very animated conversation about, you know, to my surprise, I, I heard, I heard, well, I heard Hugo Sanchez. And that, uh, sadly, and I'm not going to lie, I thought they were talking about Club de Cuervos because that was the first thing I heard Hugo Sanchez. <laughs> but, but then, but then I heard, uh, Rafa. And then I heard, and I'm not, and I kid you not, Jared Borghetti. As, the three best Mexican players to play in Europe. And I was like, you have got to be kidding me. So luckily the bathroom was over, was uh, over there. So I was like, well, I'm going to, you know, go to the bathroom, you know, ostensibly to go to the bathroom to wash my hands, but really to let these guys know that they're being business. And because uh, one guy was just totally trashing Chicharito. I was thinking, dude, have you not paid attention to his career? And so, so I, you know, I go and wash my hands, come out, and I tell, and I, I say it's Hugo Rafa Chicharito, and it's not even close. And this guy's like, "Yeah, but all his goals were trash, man. All he did was get lucky." I was like, and uh, I was just shocked. I was, I was absolutely shocked. I was absolutely shocked. I looked at him. I said, "Dude, you know that those goals count the same as the pretty ones too, right?" And he's like, "Yeah, well, you know." And his girlfriend actually started laughing. It was, it was pretty funny. But, uh, well, if that's lucky, Chicharro should be playing scratchers, man. He'll be a multimillionaire by now. Yeah, exactly. He'll be doing the lottery because he he scored. He has scored in every tournament he has played in, and and with every club. He, you know, mm-hmm. he's already at over one hundred gold. In Europe alone. Which. Yeah, and if you compare him to all the other Latin American strikers that have achieved that, you're comparing him to the to the top ones only. That, I think that's part of why he gets so much flack. You know, he gets compared to these world class players. So, I, I mean, I I wouldn't say he's world class, but he's he's very close. <laughs> or he's been well, at times. Well, you I know, think that in his in his when he was at his best. What made him world class? I mean, wasn't necessarily his ball control or his, you know, his skill on the ball or what you know. What made Chicharito world class was was his ability to get open in very tight spaces. And find oh out. yeah, and, yeah. That people to think that, that that that's just luck. <clears throat> I mean, come on, let, let's be serious. Yeah, his his goal, like they they've compared when just when he was on Man U. They were comparing his um, minute-to-goal ratio. And he did a lot better than some of the – some very top strikers like like Ruth Van Nistelrooy and, and other players like that. It, it's, yeah, that's, it's very interesting to see how harsh, like, Mexico fans could be on, on some of their own players. Well, I mean, look at the way that they're Giovanni now. I mean, you know, people yeah. could be and, and, you know, I mean, I – you know, make fun of Giovanni all the time on the show. But I mean, you know, but I mean, we're, you know, we're, the stuff that we say about him is, you know, is pretty tame compared to how, 
you know, people treat uh, people treat Joanna. It's just, it's just, it's just, it's just, it's heartbreaking. It's horrifying. Yeah. Oh man. So, so they they rated uh, they rated the Borg, huh? The highest. Even though he only played like half a season with Bolton, he scored like three goals. Yeah, exactly. It was just, it was just <laughs> yeah. Oh. Frankly, it was it was it was too much. It was, and of course, and you know, and then when I, and the, the guy who had had agreed to cheat, he goes, "This guy knows what he's talking about, man. This guy knows." <laughs> and, oh and, man! And that's what the other guy said, "Dude, if you're looking for pretty, I said, go watch ice skating, man." <laughs> yeah, no, man. JH has accomplished a lot already. It's going to be difficult for another player to come in, a uh, Mexican striker to come in and knock him off. You know, uh, he's he's very accomplished. And he's he's very resilient. Every time we think he's down, he he finds a way. That's right. You he's know, because when, when he was at Real Madrid. It's a terminator. Yeah. Yeah, so I mean, that's a player we we could be very proud of, you know. I'm I, frankly, I don't understand how people could be could, could be down could be down on the guy. <clears throat> I, mean, he, I mean, he really has had just a absolutely, you know, has he had dry spells? Sure, but you know, for him, as you point out, you know, to score and score consistently over 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 the course of his career, and to do it for as long as he has, yeah. You know, John, in part was because he he boycotted the media. I will say the Mexican media, the Spanish media. And then for a good while, they were just, they had like an anti-Chicharo campaign. You know, when it was like, you could just tell they were just hating on him. Because he wouldn't grant them interviews. And they would just, they would always say negative things. Or play clips of him saying one thing, you know, which can easily be taken out of context. And I think, you know, I, it's, it's the one thing I've always noticed. Just just how easily, as fans, we could be persuaded by the media. If you hear something enough, you just start accepting it. And I, and I, I know because I grew up like that, with, with a lot of these beliefs that... That until like, you know, I'd say one of the things was in the forums and getting in arguments and you have people questioning your your beliefs and all of a sudden you have to like back them up and then you, then you start realizing, oh shit, wait a minute. <laughs> Maybe it's not how I thought it was, you know? Yeah, well, I mean, there's a there's a very interesting show that I think you should watch. I think you'd really enjoy it if you're, if you're I'm assuming you're a history buff. Yes, yes, I am, sir. If, uh, and, 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 and this is a show that I think that you that I, I, rec- I recommend it to all of the uh, audience members of the Cantina Megas podcast. It's a show called The Day the Universe Changed. It came out in the 80s. A gentleman by the name of Jim. This is 80, 1986 when this came out. And I want to say they're on, they used to be on YouTube. I don't know if they're on anymore, but I definitely look for them. They're definitely somewhere out there. And uh, what he does is he takes a uh, you know, he takes us from the the advent of the plow because the plow is really like the 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 first staple toward modern time. 
and then and then each in each consequent episode as as, as as history progresses he takes one moment that changes the way that that, that human beings thought about the world thought about the world from literally from one second to the next like like this what they thought was was completely wrong and there's this new fact this new universal truth that you have to accept hence the name of the day the universe changed it's an outstanding show i highly i highly recommend it it'll it'll blow you away is it on youtube uh it used to be i don't know if it still is on youtube anymore Uh, i will look for it so it's called the the day the world changed. The universe changed. The, the universe. Nice. We should do something similar. The day Mexican football changed. It looks like, uh, it does look like they're all under. Well, oh, okay. Well, I have something to, to view tonight. Yeah, it's, uh, it's good stuff. I highly recommend. He also had another show called Connections. The original is also very good that I, I highly recommend if no one has ever seen that show. James Burke is a, a brilliant guy. Oh, and I think we should probably wrap it up here. We've been on for about a yes. hour, hour and 45 minutes or so. Yes, sir. I'm headed to work. <laughs> I understand. Well, uh, good to have you on, Joel. Uh, I know that uh, we've, we've made our, our predictions and here for, 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 for 2019. Hopefully we'll have some more folks join us on the podcast next week. Yes. But it's good to be Yeah. Here. And, uh, we could do a team by team soon. Uh, you know, preview. Sure. Well, I mean, it's, it's easier to preview a team when you've seen what they've done. So I think that, uh, that's if, true. If you're available, maybe we can do my, uh, my Sunday, my Sunday drive home podcast. Ah, yeah, <laughs> for sure. I will be. Excellent. I will be. Yeah. Sounds good. Well, we'll, uh, we'll, we'll do that on Sunday night then. So there you go. We'll have a, a special, uh, uh, John is driving home edition of the, uh, Cantina Mekis podcast that we'll that, on, on Sunday night. With a Kolachi pit stop? More than likely. Yes. More than likely with a Kolachi <laughs> pit stop. We'll, we'll see how it goes. Well, thank you for joining us and uh, happy new year to you, sir. All right. Likewise, John. Uh, thank you. Uh, my name is John Jagu for Joel Aceves and. Ronda Luna, uh, we appreciate y'all taking the time to listen to the Ventina Mekis podcast, and we will talk to you guys again next week. Actually, on Sunday, we'll talk to y'all later. Bye bye.